Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. So we are in this, this season of church that I believe God will show himself exalted where his kingdom is exalted and where the church is exalted. Now, we know he's already in the highest place, amen? That's about four of us. We know he's already in the highest place, amen, yeah? Okay. Okay. So he can't actually go any higher. But God is stirring himself. He's stirring himself. To show himself strong and to move on our behalf and to, and to move on his own behalf. Now in the same way, the church actually, scripturally, can't go any higher. Why? Because we're seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if I'm in him and he's in me and he can't go any higher, then I can't go any higher. But I'm talking positionally. How many of you know we can still arise? We can still stir ourselves up. We can still go higher. The Apostle Paul said, I press towards that upward call. So what's he talking about going higher if we're already in the highest place? And I can go to Scripture and I can absolutely categorically justify both, both angles. That we are in the highest place. We're the head and not the tail above, only and not beneath. We're already seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But where we need to go higher is in our experience, is in our attitude, is in our mentality, is in our lifestyle. We need to go higher. Look at someone say, God wants you to go higher. Okay. Let's read a little bit of scripture today. Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 18 to 20. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me. And also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. And so they said, this is his team of leaders around him. They said, let us rise up and build. Can we all say that? Let us rise up and build. Can we say it again? Let us rise up and build. So it begins with this sort of attitude, perception. Let us do this. Let's make a quality decision to make a difference. This was at the time when Israel had been in exile. They'd begun to rebuild the temple. And then the third wave of people coming back out of exile was under a man called Nehemiah. And he came to restore the walls of the, t- of the city of Jerusalem. They'd been destroyed. They'd been burned. And as they saw them, they were stirred on the inside. 
as they saw the state of things, they were stirred on the inside. And they said, come on. They began to encourage one another. Come on, let's do this. Let's do this. Aren't you glad you're in a church of encouragement? Amen. Amen. People are going to stand with you and say, come on, let's do this. Come on, let's do this. Let's build a great marriage. Come on, let's do this. Let's raise great children. Come on, Citygate. Come on, let's do this. Let's, let's prosper in our businesses in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's do this. Let's go from strength to strength in our lives and not step back into a place of apathy or, 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 or sort of survival mode. Come on, let's do this. Look at someone and say, come on, let's do this. Let's do this. And I love this, as, as he was speaking and as these things were going on, hope began to be triggered, began to stir a vision in people's lives. How many of you know without a, a vision, people just go round and round in circles not knowing what they are doing. But when somebody starts to get a vision on the inside of their life, something starts to fan into flame, something starts to ignite and somebody starts to say, I can do this. Come on, Lester, we can do this. Because God starts to inject a, a, some hope on the inside, some vision. Let's rise up and build. And they set their hands to do this good work. When the enemy heard, they laughed us to scorn. They despised us and said, what's this thing you're doing? You're going to rebel against the king? So I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself. <laughs> the God of heaven himself. Can you hear the authority in that? I love it when somebody stands up and says, you know what? God's going to do something. God's going to move. God's going to show himself. Come on, church. God's going to heal. God's going to set free. God's going to show himself strong in our generation. The God of heaven himself will prosper us. You got your faith turned on today. Lay hold of some of this. God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will arise and we will build. But you devil have no heritage, no right or no memorial in Jerusalem. Today I want to speak on arise and build. Arise and build. We've already heard today somebody talking about leaving an inheritance, leaving something that lasts, leaving a legacy. There's something on the inside of all of us that wants to build something that will last. I don't believe God puts on the inside of a believer a temporary mentality. We're in this world temporarily, but we think of eternity. A lasting business. Nobody plans to start something and close it down next year. A lasting marriage. Nobody plans on getting married this year and divorce next year. Nobody plans on that. They stand there and say, this is forever. We want to build something forever. Something that lasts. 
Temporary is good for some things, of course. Because how many of you know, sometimes you've just got to chew on some mediocrity while you're going through to excellence. Hello? So I think a generation needs to get hold of that today because they want excellence right now, but they're not prepared to do what they need to do in order to grow into the place of excellence. So they load up their credit cards because they want to look like they're excellent today. Hello? Want the car today? My son got in somebody's car the other day because he had to have a... Couldn't get on the bus, had to come home, and, and um, he said the car was a wreck. <laughs> there was a door panel missing. And I thought, dear God, that's what we had for years. <laughs> Hello? Hello? You see, we got this mentality today that you've got to start at the place you really want to finish. Yeah. You've got to build through. You got to build to. You got to build towards. If you're not faithful in the little things, God's not going to trust you with the great things. But everybody's got this entitlement mentality that says, I'm entitled to something today. No, can I say what you're entitled to? You're entitled to a journey. To learn, to grow, to develop. That's for another message, probably. Don't want to get onto a rise and build. Temporary is good for some things. See, to build something is more than a task. I love it. They said we're going to put our hands to this good work. But it's not just putting your hands to something. To have a mentality to build is... The way you live, it's the way you think. Some people just want to receive stuff on a silver platter. And God says, no, I want you to build something. Some people just want it handed to them. And, they, and you know, God says, no, I want you to build something. I want you to build something. What are you going to build for your business? What are you gonna, how are you going to build your marriage? How are you going to build into your kids' lives? I can't believe. They're having the conversation on the radio and on TV at the moment, and it's a major deal about how you cannot expect parents now to train their children to clean their teeth, so they've got to go to school. Come on, you've heard it? You've heard it? So now it's going to be the job of the teachers to provide toothbrushes for children because parents cannot be expected to build something into the lives of their children more than just a screen, more than just a, a chill out and play over there because I've got better things to do. Come on, guys, we've got to do some building into the lives of our children. We've got to do some building. Everyone's talking now. What's going on? I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this. heard something again the other day from somebody in the Canadian government and he said this he said in our country you don't have parental rights oh straight statement he said you have parental responsibilities and I thought how demonic is this can I put it on record we absolutely have parental rights 
absolutely we had parental rights. Come on, agree with me, guys. We absolutely had parental rights. Something's stirring on the inside of me for this year, I tell you. To build something is more than a task. It's more than a responsibility. It's more than just something you do. It's a mentality. It's an attitude. It's a priority on the inside. I love that these leaders said, we will arise and build. We're going to do this. Can you hear the commitment in that? Can you hear the energy in that? We're going to do this. We're going to arise. We're going to build something. We're not just going to hang around in life and see what comes and lands on our lap. We're going to do something about it. We're going to build. See, there's two sorts of people in life in so many ways. But to have this attitude to build is a stirring attitude on the inside. It's something strong. It's something stirred. It's something on fire on the inside. I want to build something. I want to build something. But there are some people who have just a maintaining, surviving mentality. I'm just going to (laughs) survive. Just going to survive. If I can just get through this year, I'll be happy. Have you heard anybody say that? If I can just get through this, I'll be okay. No, we're not just the get through people. We're builders in Jesus' mighty name. Can I hear an amen this morning? We're not just get through survivors. Now, we all know there are seasons in life where sometimes you just got to, you, you know, get out the other side. I understand that. But that's not a life mentality. To just maintain in life, to just survive. I'll do just enough to maintain, to maintain my current strength and skills. I'll do just enough. I'll do just what it takes. You know, you've lost the fight to advance. You've lost the energy to take on bigger responsibility. You step back into survival, maintaining mode. You've lost the hunger to discover new things. Where's the last time you decided to learn something new? I'm not saying go back to school. Uh, You know, I was good at school, but I didn't like that educational environment. So it's been something I've really had to work on in my own family, with my own kids, to really stir that and to make that interesting and exciting because I couldn't stand it. (laughs) Just being blunt, I did well. Got all my O-levels and all of that. But I just wanted to get out there and do something. (laughs) Don't sit and learn anything else. So I have to, on purpose, decide I'm going to learn something. Because it's not natural to me to want to sit down and learn something new. It's like, no, I just want to get out there and do it. I don't want to learn how to do something. I just want to have a go. Anybody else like that here? That's how I've done most things. I've put two extensions on houses. Just had a go. Just did it. Poured the foundations. That worked. So I built the steel frame. That worked. Got a few blokes from church. That was the funniest thing. We had these cranes to lift up all the steel frame. And they're like, what are you doing? Don't know. Let's have a go, shall we? Let's just get this thing up there and then we'll bolt it in and then we'll just do that. And then electrics. I rewired this place when we did this. Rewired it and replumbed it. And what? I just had a go. Toilets still work. Amen. That's all right. 
Lights still turn on. Just have a go. I'm a have a go sort of a bloke. Let's just build something. But there are times when you just got to learn something new. Have you lost your hunger to learn something new? You're just happy with the amount that you understand already. Have you lost the drive to, de to perhaps develop new skills? Last year, Sharon said, I'm going to jump out of an aeroplane. So she did. Thank God she landed okay. It's all good. Didn't push her out, nothing like that. She went up, we got the videos of it, it's great, and she was there, woo! Jumped out with Stephen and Michael. It's just fantastic. I thought, no, I don't need to <laughs> develop that new skill in my life at this time in my life. But you know, to grow, you've got to change. Hello? To grow, you've got to change. Because actually, growth is change. Something's going to change. But something happens in your life that you become part of the process. You make the decision, I'm going to grow, I'm going to build, I'm going to change, I'm going to learn, I'm going to develop something. So this whole thing of arise and build is not just a matter of just, yeah, God, just do something. No, we got to put some, some attitude into this. Why do people stay in survival mode? Well, so many reasons. This is just my introduction. I don't know how we're going to get on with this. I have to probably preach this in two bits, I think. How do people stay? Why do people stay in survival mode? Why do they do that? Well, so often because of comfort. They've reached this level of comfort. And they just think, I'm just going to chill out now. I'm just going to, that's it really. I'm comfortable. Ever, ever heard anybody say, oh, yeah, we're just comfortable now? Heaven forbid that the Christian life should ever have its goal as comfort. Hello? Now, he's our comforter. But you know, not just create like a horizontal couch mentality. Oh, I'm just comfortable now. I'm just comfortable. Fulfillment in life comes from stretching and challenging, not from sitting back and relaxing. Now, we all need holidays and sit back and relax, and I love to just, after a, after a long day, after a full day, and my brain's going a 1,000 miles an hour, and stuff's happening, and this challenge and that challenge, and pastoral stuff that explodes that we weren't expecting, and just all sorts of things happen in the life of my day. I like to go home and just chill. I just like to do that. And that's really important is to know how to just chill in yourself. But that's in order to get up again and run. Hello? That's in order to get up again so tomorrow I can run 100 miles an hour. I want to run tomorrow. I want to run another 100 miles an hour. So it's important to sit back and relax and know how to do that 
But that's not from a place of, I just want to live my life in this place of comfort. Why else do people just stay in, in a survival mode? Well, often it's fear. Fear. That if I step out, it might go wrong. I might fail. I might fail. This is often as a result that we haven't taught our kids how to fail well. Because we tell them every day they're winners. And they are a winner, but then when they lose, we still tell them they've won. We give them a medal. You came last? Oh, there's a medal. It's absurd. It's absurd. It's training kids to have no ability to run in life. Are you with me? We're not saying be heavy on kids, and not at all. Our, our whole family environment has been nothing but full-on encouragement. Full-on encouragement. But encouragement doesn't say you won when you lost. It's not encouragement. You say you lost, so let's work on it so you can win. It's really simple. Really simple, but it just takes some effort. It takes some work. I don't know why I've got into this stuff today. This is not what I was going to be preaching on. It might go wrong. It might fail. What about this one? Some people are frozen in the fact that it might not be God's will. I don't want to do anything because I just don't know if it's God's will. I don't know what your expectation is of knowing God's will. This is going to be really controversial, but perhaps it will set some people free. Most of the time, apart from just direct scripture, obviously direct scripture, scripture, most of the time, I do not know what God's will is. I just start walking. Are you with me? God says, I order the... The steps. So step out. But what happens if it isn't God's will? He'll soon tell you. You'll soon find out. He's big enough to pick you up if you fall over. You see, we also have a society today which is risk averse. Let's take all the risk out of everything. Let's take the risk out of driving so nobody ever has a car crash. The only way to do that is to just stop driving. You can't create a risk-averse society because then it never achieves anything. And you must not have a risk-averse life. Now, we want wisdom and wise counsel and people in conversation and all the rest of it. Is this helping anybody today? But what we must do is be people that step out and walk. Because the Bible says, whatever I put my hand to will prosper. So that means, oh, I'm going to get really controversial now. Unless it's sin or God's told you to do something else, it will be God's will, whatever you step into. Oh, it really confuses people. Because actually, you can walk wherever you want to walk in line with Scripture. God is not a babysitter. 
He's not hovering around your life saying, now every decision you ever make, you've got to talk to me about it. Every decision that you've ever got to do, I've got one opinion about it and you've got to find out what that is before you do anything. It's just not Bible. He says, I'll work through you. I'll give you your heart's desires. Now, unless it's contrary to Scripture, of course, we never do that. God says, what do you want to do? And I'll be with you. Which job do you want? Do you want that one or that one? Oh, I really need to pray and find out what's the divine purpose of God's will. And he'll just say, which one do you want? Because I can sort it out and make it work for good. God doesn't have one road for your life. You make the decisions, God will get involved with it. You step into this job, God will say, right, all these people now are your harvest field. Not, oh Lord, where do you want to send me? Anywhere you want to go. Shine in the middle of it. See, some people are so intense. I'm not going to do anything until I know it's God's will. Oh, Pastor Jay, I'm really praying about it. I'm really praying about it. I'm really praying about it. And sometimes I want to go, just leave it. Of course, we give things to God. Of course, we seek the wisdom of God. But God's not this hard to find, really sort of, what do I do? Where am I going? There are times in life you need, that we all need direction. Of course there is. But not do I buy that car or that one. So often people are in survival mode just quite simply because they're scared to make a mistake. But it might not be God's will. Might not be God's will. What happens if I get it wrong? God is not a disciplinarian. He disciplines those he loves. But he's not a disciplinarian. You step one step out of the thing and slap, you're going to hear it from God. Not at all. He goes, I love the fact. Don't you love it when your kids have a go? Don't you love it? When they step out and they have a go, don't correct their, their attitude to have a go. Never curb that. And let them have a go and get it wrong. Dare I say it, let them even do the wrong thing. Because they're going to learn. Through whatever they go through. You're there as the guiding hand. If they're about to do something that will kill them, absolutely. Father steps in. Amen? Amen. Father steps in. But not just if they're going to, I mean, you know, we built all sorts of, I'm a, I'm a, you know, cars and bikes and whatever else. Get them to build stuff. I know it's not going to work, but do it anyway. Have a go anyway. Don't get stuck in your life just because you're fearful of making a mistake. Survival mode's a horrible thing. Maintaining life, maintaining the status quo. What about this? Some people stay in survival mode just because they hang out with other survival thinkers. 
Let's all just get together and survive. Man, I will upset that party. I will upset that party. You better believe it. Somebody sits down and says, come on, let's just maintain this. I want to drop a bomb on it and go, boom, let's not maintain it. Let's grow this thing. Let's build something. Let's do something new. I hate being in a room where I'm the biggest thinker in the room. Because I want to be around people that stretch me. I'm going to ask you, who is there in your life? Sharon stretches my life. Man alive, does she stretch me. She stretches me. She never says, sit down and calm down. Not in life. You understand what I'm saying. Say, come on. How are you going to do this? How are you going to make that work? What's God going to do? Who is there in your life that stretches your life? Stretches your thinking? Stretches your activities? Who's there in your life saying, come on, let's go jump out of an airplane? I'm serious. Whether it's an airplane, a racetrack, some kind of thing that you do. I love it. The other day somebody said that one of our keyboard players said, I want to learn a new instrument. And I said, and, and I just thought I'd rebuke myself publicly. And I said, have you got time for that? And I felt the slap of the Holy Ghost <laughs> on my words. Here am I going, yeah, come on, you can do all things. Who is there in your life that's saying, come on, let's build this thing. Let's do this. Let's add another shop to our franchise. Let's start, so, oh, but Pastor Jay, I tried that before and it didn't go right. Well, so you learned how not to do it this time then. I hope you're getting something out of this today. Arise and build. Not sit back and maintain. Not survive and just get through it. What about these people who have a survival type of a mentality? It's a not now mentality. Not now. Thank you, Scott. Not. Oh, he's already there. <laughs> Amazing. Not here. He, he, he hasn't been here very long, but already made an impact. Got a mentality to build what about the people who say not now you know what one of the saddest scriptures there's a lot of sad scriptures in the Bible Haggai chapter 1 they'd had the word of God for 18 years to rebuild the temple they had all the money they had the people they had the priests, they had the leader they had everything, they had the lot And for 18 years, it says there was a bit of pressure against them. Okay, that's a bit of an understatement. By force of arms, the enemy made them cease. Ezra chapter 5. And 4 going into 5 or 5 going into 6, I can't remember. 
And from the last verse of that chapter to the first verse of the next chapter is 18-year period. And then it says there were the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, rose up, started to prophesy. So you read Haggai and Zechariah to find out what they prophesied. You know the first words out of Haggai's mouth? He said, say to the people, God said, say to the people, this people says, not now. They're saying, not now. Not now to build the temple. Not now. We want to build our own houses, our own vineyards, our own this, our own that. And then he says, you know what? You're putting your cash in, into your pockets and it's just going through holes. Why? Because you've got a not now mentality. You know what God said to them through the prophet? Rise up. Go up the mountain. Get wood. And build. Perhaps you feel like you've been 18 years not producing anything out of your life. Perhaps it's been a year. Perhaps there's a comfort. Perhaps there's a fear. It's going to be heavy here in a minute. Perhaps there's a, I might get it wrong. Perhaps there's a, but I just don't know what God's will is. Perhaps there's a, you're hanging around the wrong group of people. And you're all sitting there not producing anything. Perhaps you've got into this, wow, I tried it before and I got such a battle. I'm just not going to do anything else. I'm just going to do my own thing, build my own little life. And not think about the bigger picture. Can we all stand to our feet today? I haven't even got on to what I was going to preach. It'll come back in March after all our guest speakers in the next few weeks. There is a builder's mentality. And we're going to receive that today. We're going to stir that today, amen, in Jesus' name. stand in the presence of God because I do believe God wants to do something in people's hearts today and from their hearts into our minds I love those people let us arise and build let us arise and build for a whole generation they've been in exile but they said no now's the time to build now's the time to build Father, as we stand before you, you have made it abundantly clear we are builders. We are born again to build. Build our own lives, our own families, to build the church, build the kingdom. Lord, we know it's all by grace, it's all by faith, but Lord, you want us to have that stirred spirit that says, I will arise and build. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you do that work in us. In Jesus' name. We believe it and we receive it. We refuse to be, Lord, restricted by fear.
to sit back in comfort. Lord, we refuse to just hang around exclusively people who just reinforce a survival mentality. Lord, forgive us for having a not now mentality. And we thank you, God, for stirring something in our hearts like you did with Zerubbabel that day and all the people. And Lord, we stir ourselves up to leave something lasting. Jesus, you said, great fruit that will remain. So God, we lay hold of that today. Great fruit. Thank you, God, that this year is a year of exaltation. Lord, we lay aside sin and weights and smallness. God, we don't despise the day of small things. But we do despise staying in them. When you say from strength to strength and glory to glory. Father, we thank you that we are those who build with you. And you build with us. And we lay hold of it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we give God some praise today? Is that okay? Amen. Now there there are people here today who need to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. You need to come back to God. Perhaps you came into this place today and you say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't live like one. I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not praying. I'm not excited about God. When everyone's celebrating, I've got no celebration in me. That's a huge signal to me that there needs to be a restoration of your relationship with God because we enter into His presence with thanksgiving and with praise. So if we don't have thanksgiving and we don't have praise, then it's been a long time since we've been in the presence of God. Hello? Not about a style of a service. That's all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what pours out of your heart. Perhaps you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Never once. Perhaps you've just started to come to Citygate and it's like, what is this all about? Last week or the week before, a couple of weeks ago, we baptized, I don't know how many people, 20 people or something with testimonies of coming to Jesus or coming back to Jesus. Perhaps you're here today. I don't believe you're here by mistake. I believe you're here on purpose to say, Jesus, will you take my life? Will you be my Lord and my Savior? I'm not going to live just my own independent life anymore, Jesus. I'm going to submit my life to you for you to absolutely bring transformation into every part of my being. The way I think, the way I speak, the way I do my relationships, how I handle my finances, but ultimately how I relate with my Father God and receiving eternal life. I want to ask you today, do you need to come back to God today? We've been talking today about how we build. The Bible is clear. A wise man builds his house upon the rock, which is the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't just a religious figure. 
He's a personal Saviour. Right now, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Jay, I need to come back to God. I need to come to God for the very first time or I need to come back to God because I'm not living like the Christian that people think that I am. If that's you here today with a boldness and with a, with, with a stirred spirit today, I'm going to ask you to do something and that is lift your hand in this auditorium right now, please. Wonderful. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, there's other people here today. You need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Is there anybody else here today? Wonderful, wonderful. Can we give God some praise for this right now? This is wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray this prayer right now. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. You demonstrated your love by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to give me life. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived, apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I'll never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate here today. Hallelujah. Thank you, God.